Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Anna DeSalvo. Anna is a productivity life coach, and today she is sharing with us so much great information about how you can leverage your team and get the most out of your team to really get more time in your business to do what you love so you personally can stay in your zone of genius. Now, Anna and I recorded this episode about a month ago, and originally it was supposed to go live a little bit later in the schedule of episodes. But as I was sitting down today to start working on and recording the intros to for today's episode, I started to look at to see what I had in my pipeline to see if there was any interviews that were really timely. And when I went back and listened to Anna's interview, I knew it was one that had to be pulled up to go live this week. Because one of the things we talk about in this episode is really learning how to deal with individual needs while still balancing the greater need of a company. And this is so important right now with the coronavirus and everything going on. Many of our businesses are disrupted. Many of our businesses were trying to deal with and figure out how to work in the new way of doing things. So even if our business is not financially impacted yet, our norms are impacted. And even if maybe our businesses seem like they could be running as usual, our employees' lives are impacted. So now is a great time, or really now is a necessary time, to really learn and talk to your employees about what they need and learn how to balance that with the greater good of the company. And Anna gives us so many great tips on how to do that and sharing her experience. Not only do we talk about that, we talk about different ways you can be productive in your time, different ways that you can delegate and get things off your plate so you can focus in your zone of genius. There are so much great, so many great things in this episode that I felt were very timely with you to share with you this week. So I pulled Anna's episode up in the rotation and I cannot wait for you to give it a listen and hear all the great things that she has to share. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment to ask you how you are doing. I want to know how the coronavirus is impacting you, how you're feeling, what all is going on. So definitely feel free to send me an email at jamievc at jamievc.com. So once again, that's jamievc at jamievc.com. Let me know how you're doing. For me and my family, It's definitely been an interesting week. We have two young kids and my husband and I working from home. 
and it's it's been interesting I will say now my husband and I we both primarily work from home so there's a lot of things that hasn't changed I would say for me in my business as you guys know not only do I help people on the hiring side I help people with leading their teams so majority of my clients are typically on the hiring side where now things are really switching of how do we have those conversations about leading teams with our kids I would say, luckily, so far, they've been pretty good with having to stay at home. You know, we have two girls. Luckily, they're close in age and been doing a great time entertaining each other, keeping each other busy. And we're in Florida where the weather's beautiful. So they've just been enjoying going out in the backyard and going into the pool, which I know is completely different than what a lot of you guys are going through. I know there's been parts of the country that had snow over the weekend and gloomy weather and probably places where your kids are going stir crazy and you're trying to figure out how to keep everything going. So my thoughts are with you on all this and if you just need someone to talk to, feel free to send me an email and I really want to know how you are doing. So now let's move forward with the episode and hear about more about Anna and everything that she shared with me about learning how to deal with the teams that the needs of your team and becoming productive within your business and leveraging your time effectively. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start off with you telling the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and the business you run. Yeah. So currently, I am a life productivity coach. And usually people go, what does that mean? So it basically helps. I specifically work with working moms, but I have many different clients all over um, and help them lead more productive lives. I help people get things done, essentially, is what I do. And that might be in your life, in your home life, or it might be in your business life. I also, for the last 11 years, have been a classroom teacher. And so I have a unique perspective on team building and collaboration as well. What do you teach? Um, I teach elementary. Oh, fun. Little kids. Yes, I've been teaching little kids in the span of elementary for all of those 11 years. So definitely my, my area that I enjoy. I'm sure they definitely keep you on your toes you know, as they're learning everything they can in the classroom and also learning how to behave in the classroom. Yep. It's always an adventure every single day. So from a lot of your experience, you know how to really figure out what the community needs. I know when we were talking before, you mentioned that you really like to go in and figure out community needs and how you can use that to really better the whole of the community, like focusing on the individuals to better the whole. So can you tell us a little bit more about what it means to you for like, I know you used the term before, tending the needs to the community and how you use this as a teacher, as an employee within your job, and then as a business owner yourself. Yeah. So just when I look from leadership as a whole, what I found is like my best bosses, you know, are the ones that have always asked the community what they need and attended to the community, the needs of the community. Now, of course, as a leader, you also have to kind of have a firm vision, right? You have to know where you're going to take people. And I think that that's a key piece when you're developing a team or in the beginning stages is really understanding what you want the vision to be. And, you know, for as a teacher, 
uh, one of the things that's really important to me is that everybody feels safe. Everybody feels like they can have fun and everybody feels like they are able to work the hardest that they're able to do. And so what that means is that in the very beginning, we spend a lot of time team building. And I know for people with maybe with employees in the beginning, it's like, you know, we think of those like terrible icebreaker activities and all those things like from jobs that we've had, but more it's about just like allowing people to share part of who they are. And then also asking for what they need. Like, you know, some people need um, certain things to be productive. Maybe you need headphones. Maybe you need to listen to music. It's constantly a balance as a leader of kind of attending to those needs, asking people for what they need, but also continuing to hold on to the vision so that it doesn't, um, so that it continues to stay in balance as you grow that community. And we're kind of, it's kind of like shepherding everybody along while also still kind of asking for their input along the way. I love all that because everyone is an individual. Everyone needs something different. Everyone thrives in a even a slightly different environment. So being open to what your team needs, what everybody around you needs, is really going to help you achieve your goals faster and even better. I agree. And then I think also it gives people a level of trust. Like you're trusting that they understand themselves, right? And so allowing them to have that little voice also and that choice also kind of gives you room you know, in, in, in parenting and in, in, um, teaching, we call it kind of like the deposit in somebody's bank account, you know, the positive deposits, positive deposits. And then when there are those moments where you do kind of have to step in and be the leader and maybe make a hard decision, um, you already have a lot of those deposits in place. So that way, when you make a withdrawal, maybe you have to make a hard choice, or maybe you have to ask somebody to do something, or maybe you have to, you know, like correct somebody, you already have such a positive connection with that person that the withdrawal is not, doesn't go into the negative, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. It's all about that, that give and take, give and take. You can't just take from your employees and expect them to be happy. You can't take from them and expect them to want to work with you for a long time. You need to give to them as well. And the best way to give to them is the way that resonates with them and is going to lift them up as an individual. Yeah. And like, if it doesn't really pull away from other people, then why not try it? You know, like maybe somebody needs, um, you know, certain work hours or maybe somebody needs certain chair. Like these are all minor details really in the grand scheme of things. So why not try it? you know, but then the bigger decisions, maybe you have to step in because you have the vision of the company. And especially as you're growing your business, um, it can be hard to give up that power a little bit. And so still maintaining that vision is still important, I think. Yeah, no, I, I know I manage this one team and we are in a corporate environment and my team, all of them left between four and four 30 every day because where they lived and having to go pick up kids and everything it was what time they needed to be out the door to tend to their family needs. And I remember someone on a different team being like, your team leaves early every day. Why are they leaving early every day? Everyone else is here past five o'clock. And I also said, I said to them, I was like, but my team's also here. Everyone has their butts in their seat between seven and seven thirty. Your team doesn't roll in until nine o'clock. So my team needs to leave to be able to pick up their children at that time. My team comes in they complete everything they're supposed to be completing. They were probably one of the best, I would say, 
teams in that whole entire department and when it came to actually helping each other out and making sure no one individual was overwhelmed by work or left behind. And I was like, so what are they doing wrong besides they're leaving before your team does? And once I really kind of said that way, I was like, they're opening their eyes. I was like, okay, well, I guess your team isn't falling behind on anything. It was just that matter of perception and helping them realize that this is what they need to be happy as an individual and an employee. They accepted it. And I think that that's a powerful point too, is that we have these preconceived notions about things that we believe work should look like, right? Mm -hmm. And, or somebody's job should look like. And even in the classroom, we do that sometimes, you know, we look at, oh, well, this is how it should be. When really, if we're looking at it as these individual things, like you're saying, did everything get done? Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And there's been studies that show, you know, as a productivity coach, there's been studies that show that an eight-hour day is actually counterproductive. Most people don't actually do eight hours of work in a day. And so, you know, if finding where your most productive aspects are and then knowing what tasks need to be completed is a key piece of productivity. And that allows for more flexibility, like you're saying, in, in scheduling or attending to certain employees' needs because you know exactly what needs to get done versus, oh, they need to be there for eight hours in a day. Right. So you have me intrigued. From these studies, what is the ideal length of the workday? Well, it all says something different, but one that I recently read from, I believe it was Harvard Business Review, said about six hours. They said that they they – Shorten the day to six hours in a study, and uh, the team's productivity actually increased. There are other studies that say that people in an eight-hour day only get about two hours of work done. So it's interesting, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're constantly connected and pulled in a million directions. And that's where delegation comes in, but also like clear expectations and systems and routines are very important um, as you're growing your team. You know, in the beginning, it's the best time to do it, right? Because you're creating these things versus having to retrain people how to do it. So it's the most efficient time to do it. And also you're not having to go back and like kind of reinvent the wheel once it's already done. I find it interesting with the length of the business day and everything, you know, being a business owner myself, my, my schedule is pretty flexible. You know, I have my time where I'm meeting with clients and the rest of it, if I'm doing in-office work, I can pretty much decide, do I want to get up early and do it? Do I want to stay late and do it? Do I want to do it during normal business hours? I have a lot more flexibility, but I have found that my most productive weeks are actually the weeks where I have the fewest amount of hours that I can work. So for example, earlier this year, I went on a ski trip and I didn't take it as like a whole vacation week because I was like, all right, we're going out to Denver. I'm from Florida, which means I'm going to be up early every morning and the slopes don't open to a certain time. So I'm going to use that time and get work done every day. But it meant I only had so much time to get done every day. And I didn't allow myself to touch any work after I was done skiing. I got more done that week than I did like the rest of the month combined. And that's happened other times in my business where I limit the amount of time I have to actually work because of other things going on in my life. And they are my most productive weeks because I know that every moment I need to be focusing on something work-related versus letting my mind wander or focusing on something that really doesn't need to be done. 
Yeah, when we focus on, when we know exactly what it takes for us to focus. So again, going back to the needs of the community and and, and teaching people like, what do they need? Like at, having them ask themselves that question because how often do we ask ourselves that question? What do I need in order to be productive? And what it looks like in a lot of situations is creating that focused work time, teaching people what it looks like to have a to-do list, teaching people to protect their time. So really encouraging things and putting like rules in place like, Check your email between certain times of the day instead of constantly being attached to your email. Because if you're constantly attached to it, your focus is split. And therefore, like you're talking about, uh, you know, in a, in a regular day when you don't have certain time constraints, you might check your email a million times, you know, while you're in, uh, in between projects or even when you kind of get to an obstacle in a project and maybe you kind of like are like, oh, I need a minute to take my brain off of this. You know, really focus on creating focused work times. You know, time boxing is a, is an incredible tool for that where you really understand what how long you can focus. So, you know, usually people can focus about 45 minutes. There are some schools of thought that say every 20 minutes take a break. Um, but setting in, in those time blocks, like you're saying, and kind of creating that scarcity um, artificially can also really improve productivity as well, especially as business owners, because we don't have the same time constraints. And so we kind of have to hold ourselves accountable in that way, right? And so why not teach other people along the way to be their most productive selves as well by putting in those constraints um, and teaching them those productivity tools? You mentioned the term time boxing. Is that the same as time blocking or is it something different? Yes, I use time, I call it time boxing and some people call it time blocking. Some people call it time boxing. The reason I call it that is because I really view it as creating different boxes of time. A lot of people view time blocking and time boxing as very, very rigid. And the way that I like to teach it is that it actually creates so much more flexibility, right? If you know how long a block or a box is, how big it is, you can move it to a different area. So I was recently talking to a business and and they kind of referred to it as a game of Tetris, right? You know, like that that shape is always the same shape, but it fits within other shapes. Um, and your goal, you know, is to make them fit as best as possible. So that way you continue to have the most time available. And when you do it in the right way, you're if something comes up like an emergency situation, you're able to move to that other thing seamlessly and realize, oh, I still have an hour and a half work of work to do, um, worth of work to do. So I know that I need to go back to that block as soon as I have that time available. So I just think that structure creates flexibility. That's what I always tell my clients. I love that. I agree as well. So let's talk a little bit about productivity in the workplace and how you can balance, you know, your own individual productivity needs with that of a team, you know, because we talked a little bit about, you know, this time boxing. Mm -hmm. So you're giving yourself certain time for tasks. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, other things to kind of help, you know, be your productive hours and everything. But then when you start hiring a team, you need to balance your needs with your team members' needs and what's going to be productive for you both. So how do you balance that? Well, first, having clear expectations um, to start. So I think the hardest part of running any collaborative team is really knowing how to meld the styles together, but then also knowing exactly what you should and shouldn't be spending your time on as a business owner, but also as an employee. So, you know, you have your your job description or whatever, but also being very clear, like you've probably done their job before as a small business owner. So being very clear about what the jobs look like and like in our home, I even do this. So like 
if I'm going to delegate the laundry, I have a laundry system written out that is like pasted onto the wall. (laughs) So that way, if anybody had to take it over, they could. And it's very clear what those expectations are, what the outcome is supposed to look like. Um, And that just allows delegation, one, for you to not feel so like stressed about it because how many people feel so stressed about like, oh my gosh, I have to give up this piece of my business. This is my baby, you know? Um, But then also on top of it, it allows for you to have clear expectations. And so there's less uh, room for error. and then on top of it, um, I think it, that, that needs to be visible and laid out, but then also really understanding what you shouldn't, shouldn't be spending your time on. Um, you know, as a business owner, the reason you're hiring somebody out is probably because that area is not productive or money-making for you to be spending your time on. And so clearly understanding what you what is important for you to be spending your time on, what isn't, um, and then protecting your time around it and then teaching your employees to protect their time around it as well. So what you're saying is some of the things people should delegate are the ones that are kind of those those things that need to get done but just not worth the business owner's time to do. Yeah, I think I think we need to be delegating more stuff that doesn't light us up, you know? Like we have, so there's this book called The Upper Limit um, and it talks about the different zones. You know, there's your zone of competence, there's your zone of um, excellence, and then there's your zone of genius. And your zone of genius as, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I think should be the area that you are striving to maintain your time in as much as possible. And, you know, that, that would be just like the, the thing that like, it needs to be you, right. That is there doing it. Or it's the thing that like you really love doing and you're really, really good at. There are things you're probably good at. Like, you know, I'm really good at, um, I'm really good at, at teaching, you know, and that's a zone of excellence for me. And then there's my productivity, components. And that's like my zone of genius. Like that is where I love spending my time. I create systems for me. I mean, I have a laundry system in my house. I mean, that's how much I, you know, is my zone of genius. (laughs) And so spending your time as much as possible in that, and then hiring out some of those other areas that don't light you up as much, but ideally you would be looking for somebody who, uh, you know, that is their zone of genius in that area. Right. Yeah. That's always like one of the things when people go to hire for the first time, sometimes they're like, I just need help. And they don't take the time to figure out exactly what type of help they need. They're like, well, I'll find somebody and the perfect person will tell me how they can help me. And it's like, no, no, figure out what you need help with and then find the person who can help with that versus just finding anybody. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to that vision. So really understanding what you want for your business, where you want to be in five years and using that to not only hire, but also like continue to shepherd everybody along. So when you hire somebody on, you communicate that to that, that to them, they become part of that vision. They buy into that vision. And so therefore they are helping promote that vision instead of like you're saying, just kind of hiring on whoever you need because you're overwhelmed. And that's where productivity coaches help in general is just kind of helping you get out of overwhelm so that you can make better decisions about those things versus like being overwhelmed and making a hasty decision because I just need help and they'll tell me what they need. It's kind of a recipe for a disaster, you know? (laughs) Right. If I were to give a student a project, right, but not tell them what the outcome would be, um, that would be setting them up for failure, right? And really understanding what the outcome will look like helps 
everybody be successful. And then I don't have to go back and spend so much time like going back and correcting and then we have to create the whole thing again. Why not just kind of be very clear up front? So taking a little bit of extra time to do that, I think is very valuable. Yeah, definitely. So with your business, seeing you are still teaching full-time, do you currently have help or anything in things that you outsource and delegate or are you currently doing it all? Well, so the first, there's kind of tiers of delegation. So the first one is delegating things to people that are your team members. So if you already have team members, that would be, you know, your your employees or it also might be in your home. As a business owner, like your home and your business life meld a lot more than a lot of people's do, I think. And so, you know, if you're kind of living in overwhelm with a laundry overflowing and you're noticing that, like that's going to cause an impact on your business. And so first we need to delegate some of those things out to our team members. That might be family, that might be uh, your team members if you have them in your team. And then the next thing is systems and routines. So automate everything that you can, right? So we want to automate our schedulers. We want to automate Um, our emails as much as possible. We want to automate our Facebook posts, that kind of stuff. And then the the next one is um, the really the last one is hiring out, right? And so I have, I, I do have certain aspects of my business that I do have other people help me on. So marketing is one that I have. Um, and then sometimes graphic design, those types of things are aspects that I would delegate outside of my business. Everything else I do as an automation. Um, And if I can't automate it, then that is on my next item list to delegate. So I have a like a tiered approach to delegation. First, it's like the things that I just, I don't know how to do that well. I need somebody else to help me how to do. So that's when I would hire a coach or something, right? And then uh, from there, it would be like hiring people out like, you can even do things like on Fiverr or um, an, a marketing agency. Those are kind of key ways to delegate, especially in the beginning stages when you're still um, growing, right? So yeah, those are the areas that I ask, ask for help in is the areas that just really aren't, I would say they're in my zone of competence. <laughs> they're, not, they're not areas that I'm like particularly good at or they're not areas that I am, it's really worth me spending a lot of energy and time on. Um, and then. Uh, everything else I try and systemize and automate as much as possible so that it keeps me in my zone of genius as much as possible. Those three tiers were the first tier delegating and using the people resources you already have, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go to what can you automate and systematize So things are being done without additional people resources. And then after you go through those, you go and see who else can you add to your team? So can you pay additional money to, to have, to help you get things done? Yeah. And I think that works in any profession. Like even as a teacher, you know, we go to our team first or we go, even we might go out into the, you know, into the classroom first, right? We might be like, okay, well, how can I offload this onto another person? Um, And then, because I think really in order for people to be a team, everybody does have to have a job. Everybody does have to feel like they're doing something and part of the organization. And then, you know, and then from there, okay, well, how can we systemize this to make it less um, where I have to be thinking about what I'm doing with it, making the least amount of decisions as possible? And then, um, and then from there, you know, okay, well, now I've systemized everything I can. I've already delegated as much as I can to other people. We need to create a new um, position for this. And these are the outlined clear expectations for that. I love it. 
All right, so I want to circle a little bit back to attending to the needs of the community. So what happens when you're growing this team or even, you know, for you with inside the classroom and you realize that there's a need someone has in your community that conflicts with the business need? What do you do? Well, number one, I think going back to what the vision is and seeing and, and making sure that you're being clear about your vision. I think always going back to that in every single opportunity is important. So whatever your vision is, making sure that that's clear in your mind. The next thing is I think empowering people to have those conversations um, with each other. So depending on what it is, say it's a conflict situation, empowering people to have the decisions with the, or conversations with each other so that they can um, feel like they have a voice as well. Maybe that means that you need to take some time with conflict management or, or helping sit in in that way. And then from there, like, I think equity isn't equal. And so everybody has a share that makes sense for them. So if some person, like say they need music or something and that's causing a problem, well, how can we make it have the, the most minimal impact on the community, right? I mean, we're in a classroom all day, right? So we only have, we have four walls that we're within. I mean, luckily for a lot of people, business owners, they're probably maybe remote or at least they're spread out a little bit more. We would hope, I guess, I don't know for sure, but, um, and it really can be impactful if somebody has a need that is outside the scope of, of, of what's helpful for other people. So finding a way to, is this a possibility to make this as minimal as possible, right? And, um, and which need could we, I guess, is the greater need, you know? Is it just that somebody, it's a preference? Or is it just something that somebody, um, like, legitimately needs due to um, some kind of medical thing or that type of thing? Right. So teaching people to advocate for themselves, but also teaching people to compromise. Like that's part of being a team. Like in a family, you have to compromise all the time. And, you know, in a classroom, we have to compromise all the time. Being part of a team is really about like being able to empower people to have hard conversations and come out of them still with their dignity intact. Yeah. And as the business owner, you have to learn that your way is not the only way. I agree. Yeah. And like you said, go back to that vision, that why, and see what really matters. Yeah, I completely agree because some things like we just get irritated about things, you know, sometimes like as humans, you know, we're just like, oh, that irritates me. Like how that person's eating their crackers is just irritating me today, even though like it doesn't really matter, you know, when it comes down to it. So, I mean, effectively conflict, creating an environment where people can have uh, manage their conflicts um, in a respectful way. And I think that comes from the top down, you know, really understanding what you need in order to have that. And then continuing to team build and creating that collaboration and then looking for the least um, minimal impact as much as possible. So how can we create compromises that still attend to the needs of the community, but also attends to the needs of like individuals? Yes. I love it. So you have a tool for people to help them with time boxing. So if this is something they're intrigued about and want to start applying it to their, to their day and to their work hours, how can they get that tool and tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. So I call it kind of my time journal and it's essentially just kind of laid out for five days a week. I really, when you're building a new behavior, it's just important that you're consistent with it. You know, done is always better than perfect. So doing it throughout the week, um, even on days that maybe you have a minimal workload, it really helps even if you're doing it as part of your life as well. So it's that work-life kind of um, juggle that we're all doing. 
but um, you can get it um, on my website in the free section, AnnaDeSalvo.com, and you can go to the free tab. Um, you can also get it at bit.ly forward slash time back now. And it's essentially a tool that where you're just kind of planning out your day ahead of time, being intentional about your time. And like you said, creating areas of your time where there's a little bit of scarcity so that you can be the most productive that you can. So that way you do have more time to do the things that you actually want to do. Isn't that why we became business owners? I think most of us. So we had that flexibility um, and, uh, and we're spending our time the most productively as well. We're not trying to do too much in a day. Yeah. I always like to say, if your boss treated you the way that you're treating yourself when it comes to how much you work, you'd probably quit and you'd hate it. So anything you can do to become more productive during your working hours is great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of outsourcing and de delegating. I think that that needs to be one, a, a higher priority for most business owners because I think we hire way too late. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly those fears that hold people back. You know, it's the fear over delegating. It's the fear of getting someone that they're possibly going to have to let go because they're afraid business is going to like ebb and flow. There's so many things that hold people back. And I always have to tell people, but if your business needs the help, you need to hire because mm -hmm. you're hurting your business by not hiring once that need is there. Yeah. And especially as business owners, I like to, when I work with clients for productivity needs, we, as business owners, it's kind of some of my favorite people to work with because we already see our time as valuable. We already have like kind of a value assigned to it, especially if we like charge hourly. So it's much easier to be like, are you sure you want to pay yourself your hourly rate to do that task? You know, <laughs> like generally speaking, it's so expensive to continue to like design your own website or like you know, plug in your Facebook posts, like the things that are, they, they take a lot of time, but, you know, depending on how much you charge, like you probably could find somebody to do that uh, for a much slower rate. Yeah. I always say it's like, think about it. Let's even say you charge a hundred dollars per hour to like have a client work with you and you can hire someone for $20 an hour. That means you're getting like $80 an hour back for that time. If you can fill it with client work. Yep. And so you can get a good return on your investments when you hire out the right things because you're able to do more client-facing work. Yes, I completely agree with that. And I think in the beginning, probably people like you're saying, they, they feel that fear of like, what if I don't get anybody? And so, you know, you can grow slowly. I mean, for you, you know, as you grow a team, it, it might be that you start with a position that has less hours and then with room for growth, being transparent about that while communicating your vision is part of the process of being a leader. And people feel secure when you're transparent about that. Yeah. No, I tell my clients that all the time. It's like, you don't need to go out and hire the, the top-notch executive who is going to cost you an arm and a leg because you feel like that's what you eventually need. It's like, start with something small. Start even with someone part-time or start with a contractor and test things out. You know, how will your business change if you have someone managing your social media? Okay, now you have a contractor doing it. Maybe you can bring that in-house and have someone do that and other tasks as well. But now that you know there's a benefit for outsourcing those tasks and then handing it off to somebody else. 
Oh, yes. And do that in your life too, right? Like I don't like doing everybody's laundry. So I systemize it as much as possible. And then I delegate it out to other people in my house. Like that's part of being a team, you know, and we, I create that teamwork, that collaboration in my home, just the same way that, you know, I do in my business, I do in my classroom. I think it's important for everybody to feel part of the community, but I think it's also important for us to all kind of do the things that light us up. Yes, exactly. All right. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you and how you can help them with their productivity? Yeah. So my website's just kind of my hub. So it's a great place to go. AnnaDeSalvo.com. There's a tab for working with me. I have several different courses that kind of help you create that streamlined productivity in your own life. Um, And then I work one-to-one with clients as well on creating productivity either in their business or in their home lives or a mixture of both if one seems to be getting in, um, in the way of the other. And I'll include all those links in the show notes so everyone can go click on the links and get to your website and your social media accounts. Woohoo! I'm excited. All right. So one final question that I like to ask everybody. We've all had leaders or managers that really stood out to us. So think of the most impactful leader or manager that you had. And can you share with us what made them stand out as a great leader to you? Kind of going back to the pillars we talked about today, every great leader that I've had has really given the community a voice, treated us as if we were the experts in ourselves, but had a clear vision that they were consistently communicating to us so that we could become part of it. And then, you know, help people accountable, but let them have room to make their own mistakes. I think we drastically um, undervalue mistakes and we're afraid to make them and afraid to let others make them, especially when, you know, our businesses are our babies. But um, how else do we grow, you know, during that time? So uh, I think the best leaders that I've had have understood the value of, of clear vision, empowering the community, but also allowing us room to make our own mistakes. Right. All right. Well, thank you, Anna, so much for coming out today and being on the, the Growing Your Team podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so fun. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Anna shared so much valuable information with us about really listening to your team, creating that environment that's going to work for the individual, for you, and for the greater good of the company. Whether you're trying to figure out how to work things now as we're going through the coronavirus and how to adapt your business and your team to the new working environments, or you're listening to this podcast in the future and you're trying to figure out how you can leverage your individual team members' needs in order to create a great work environment, a positive work environment where people are happy. There was so much information in this episode that you can go and apply to your business. That's all for today. And we'll see you back next week for another episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.